we've been starting a, a series on praise. And, uh, and you say, well, why? Because somebody asked me not too awful long ago why we do the things we do. Well, why do you do this about praise? And why this about praise? And I thought, well, sometimes people may not do, understand or may not know why we do what we do. And so I wanted to spend just a few days as we head into a time of praise, uh, which is, we call it Thanksgiving, right? It should be a time of praise. I want to say why we do praise. And next week, we're going to look at some biblical ways of praise. The Holy Spirit said to me one time, uh, he said, if when my people get the reality of praise and worship, they'll understand how to live in sustained revival. He said, if I understand praise, because it has to become a lifestyle. See, because we've got it in our eye, in our minds, that revival is a series of meetings. All the power of God hit and we met for three months in a row. That's not revival. That's church services. You, how many of you know you can meet every night for three months in a row and still come back to church on the next Sunday and be as dead as when you started? And so, but what we've done is we have relegated revival down to church services and revival has nothing to do with church. Revival is when the thing that was dead is now alive again. It means to be revived. And so he said, if you want to sustain revival, it's gonna be sustained when we understand what praise and worship is, when it becomes a permanent lifestyle. Now let's go ahead and go to Psalms 96. Psalms 96 from the Passion Translation says, go ahead and sing a new song to the Lord. Let everyone in every language sing him a new song. Don't stop, that's a command. Well, I'm tired. Don't stop. I'm bored with this song. <laughs> How many times, Amy, are you gonna sing the same thing? He said, don't stop, keep on singing. Well, I just don't like that part of the service. Why is it, I've actually had people tell me this, not here. <laughs> but they said, I don't understand, why has it gotta go on so long? And you know what, if you're out here and you're getting bored, let me tell you, but there's something different up here. Because what happens is, and we'll look at it here in a little bit, is, I, well, for me, I get lost. I just get in my place. And I really am not thinking about you sitting out here much. <laughs> Why? Because that's what worship is. That's what praise is. It puts us in a place where we are just surrounded with the presence of God. We're surrounded with the mindset of God. And let me tell you, you're not going to try to get out of heaven, are you? All right, it's been a thousand years. How much longer we're going to cry holy? When in heaven you have got angels, that's, that's all their job is, is to circle the throne of God and cry holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And the scripture doesn't say this, but I am completely convinced that I believe that they do that for eternity because every time they come around, they see a different part of him that they didn't see the last time around. 
<coughs> but see, we don't see God this big. He said, don't stop. Keep on singing. Make his name famous. Tell everyone every day how wonderful he is. Folks, these are commands. Take the message of his glory and miracles to every nation. Tell them about all the amazing things he has done. For the Lord's greatness is beyond description. Ah. And he deserves all the praise that comes to him. He is our King God. And it is right to be in holy awe of him. It's right to be in holy awe of him. Other gods, I love, I, I love the passion. Other gods are absolutely worthless. Other gods are absolutely worthless for the Lord God is creator God who spread the splendor of the skies, breathtaking brilliance and awe-inspiring majesty radiate from his shining presence. His stunning beauty overwhelms all that come before him. Folks, I'm telling you, if we really felt about God the way David felt about God. I don't think that our praise time would ever be boring. I don't think we'd ever sit back. I don't think we could ever sit still. I believe that it would cause a response to come up out of us if we really held God in this kind of view. But what we do is we get comfortable with church because it's just who we are. It's Sunday, Carol, we gotta go to church. And let me tell you, I know what's gonna happen. I'm, you can plan it out on your way home, or on your way here every morning. They're gonna sing X amount of songs and they're gonna spend X amount of time and they're gonna do this and they're gonna do that. And, and it becomes routine to us. It becomes so routine that we focus on the routine of church and not on the person of God. And so when we come here, we're going through motions and we're just here. <laughs> and so what happens is we come in and we, we've lost the real trueness of, of, of our worship. And so what we happens is, is we listen, but we don't enter in. And we clap and raise our hands, but it never really changes us. And then we come in and we partake of worship, but we never take it away. It's, let me tell you something. This is a place to pour out everything. And so as we did this, I want to look at the word praise again. The word praise, the definition of the word praise, it means to commend or to applaud. So these are biblical expressions of worship and praise. To commend or to applause. I don't know about y'all, but I don't, I don't want to be one of those places. You know those church mouse places where you just sit and it's quiet and everybody's all, all proper and they've got all their stuff together and <laughs> man we I heard a snore come from over there what we need to be is a place where people are so overtaken and overwhelmed in awe of God that they are just beside themselves they can't but, but what if that's proper 
we'll talk about that later. It means to commend or to applaud. It means to express. So praise is an expression. Well, I'm praising on the inside. You can't do that. Praise is an expression. Something should come up. Something should come out. Something should do. Well, that's not my personality. He didn't ask if raise your hands or shout or sing if it's your personality. He just said do it. <laughs> he just said do it. He didn't say if you feel like it or if, you know, if, if you're comfortable. <laughs> he said do it. Command. It's an expression of, appro- of, of, of approbation of personal worth or actions. It means to extol in words of song. To magnify. To glorify on account of perfections or excellent works. To express gratitude of personal favors. Has God ever done anything for you? Is there anybody in here that God's done something? One little thing. Well, then that's what praise time's for. It's time to just say thank you for what you're doing. And that we ought to be ashamed of ourselves if we're not. It's an expression. It is an outward expression. That's just not who I am. It means to do honor, to display the excellence of another. Now, the first thing I want us to look at today, last week we looked at praise and praise as a weapon. And we look at scripture that says that the shouts of our praise was the same as a weapon of war. The shouts of our praise our weapons, that's the scripture we looked at last week. The shouts of our praise are weapons of war. We looked at uh, uh, Joshua going around the wall. We looked at uh, Jehoshaphat getting ready to go into battle when he put the praisers in front of him first before he ever brought the swords. And, 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 and at the sound of praise, the enemy rose up and killed themselves so that when the army got there, all they had to do was carry stuff away. And it took them three days to carry it away. That's the power of praise. What other things that praise does for us is praise actually ushers in the presence of God. Amen. Praise ushers in the presence of God. But wait a minute, you taught us a couple weeks ago that we are the house of God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit living inside of us. That's true. But what praise does, it actually causes us to be aware of him in us And it allows him to begin to rise up and move through us. See, when we begin to praise and if something happens in here, it's because it is stirring the God on the inside of you that is rising up and coming to the top. And then you realize just how close to him you are. And when you realize how close to him you are, then we can realize how big he is. So when I say ushers in, I'm not saying he's out there and we're trying to get him here. I'm saying he's in here and we have to stir it up. Paul told Timothy, he said, stir up the gift that's in you. In other words, it can be lying in you and you not do anything with it. And praise actually begins to stir God on the inside of you. Go, if you will, to 2 Chronicles. (coughs) Excuse me. 2 Chronicles chapter five. Thank you, Lord. 
Look at verse 11. I'm reading now that message. He says, and the priests left the holy place and all the priests there were consecrated regardless of rank or assignment. So he didn't care who has in charge. It didn't matter who was this, who had been here the longest. What he said is everybody got themselves ready for praise. Everybody got themselves consecrated. Look at verse uh, 12. He said, and the Levites who were the musicians were there. Folks, you're gonna have to realize music, worship has always been a part of God's house. Always been a part of God's house. <laughs> he said, and so the Levites were there who were the musicians, Asaph, Heman, Jeduthun, <coughs> and their families dressed in their worship robes. Maybe we need to do that. Maybe we just need to come into God's house on Sunday. Maybe we need to come in on Wednesday and dress in our worship robe. Where we come in, where it, our worship is even what covers us. Our worship is what clothes us. Our worship is what we, have, we wrap it on, we put it on, and it begins to express something up and out of the inside of us where it begins to move us. And they, all their families, the musicians, they got themselves ready. Now, the praise team here is not like that, but I have been in places where praise teams weren't ready. I will get in that more. He said they dressed in their worship robes. <coughs> the choir and the orchestra assembled on the east side of the altar where, and were joined by 120 priests who did nothing but blow trumpets. I'm telling you, they get ready to have a praise party. It's getting ready to get loud in the house. Well, it's too loud. Well, let me tell you, if it's too loud out up front, there's some earplugs. Pop one in one ear, one in the other. I can't hear it anyhow. I got earphones on. But here's what happened. All the musicians were there. They were dressed in their worship robes. Their families were with them. Oh, you don't know how to understand how important it is that families worship together. I, I sit back here and I see mom, a, a daughter, a, two sons. How great it is for families to come together in worship. He says that the priests were there. <laughs> I see husbands, I see wives, I see, you know, how important it was. But they came together and they were dressed in their worship robes. And they went to the altar with the choir and the orchestra. And then I would have loved to have seen the procession of this praise team. Because then walks in 120 priests with ram's horns in their hands. And they were getting ready to blow. Let me tell you something. If you ever heard a shofar blow, you know how loud that thing could be. Can you imagine 120 of them? We went to the call with Lou Engle in Cincinnati several years ago. And when we came out of the stadium, they had placed, and I don't know if these people just did it on their own, if the call organized it, but when we came out, if you've ever been to that stadium in Cincinnati, you come out, it's almost like a little courtyard with buildings and stuff. But they had placed, I don't know how many men and women around that area 
with shofars. And as the people exited to begin out of, out of the building, they began to blow these trumpets. My goodness, you don't understand what Holy Spirit brought in. Folks, even if there's not a word being sang, even if there's not a word opening up, if it's just music, you ought to do something. It ought to stir you. I tell you what, there are times when Perry D., Sheila, they get started. I don't want to sing. I just want to sit there because God is ministering right there in the middle of that. But here's what happened. Here's what happened. Won't fall. Here's what happened. The priest came ready. They brought their family with them. Then they stood at the altar where the choir walked in and the orchestra was ready and then 120 priests come up alongside. Why? Because they are getting ready to worship. Glory to God. Well, you can't be quiet with 120 of them. Verse 13. The choir and the trumpets, look what they did. They weren't trying to everybody make their own sound. They weren't trying to everybody do their own thing. They came in with one heart and one mind. They had set themselves together and when they let out a sound between the choir and the trumpeters, it sounded like one voice. Imagine if we would come together with the 70 or 80 that's in here this morning with one sound, as soon as one of these instruments started playing, and as soon, I'll tell you, I, at one point today, I'm gonna brag on you. Can I brag on you all a little bit? We were singing, I speak the name of Jesus, and I reached up and I pulled my earphones out because I wanted to hear you. And the sound, and the sound that was coming as the whole congregation began to declare, I speak Jesus. Oh, I understood what, it, what this scripture meant when they all sounded, when the, when the praise team made one sound and the congregation makes one sound and we're all lifting up the name of Jesus. It is one sound that is rising from an awe-inspiring, worship-filled bunch of warriors who understand that we are shaking the heavens and the earth when we begin to raise our voice in worship that hell itself can't stand against that church. Glory to God. The choir and the trumpets made one voice. I wish your grandson was back here today. I'm gonna brag on him. He sat over there last week. He's how old is he? Three? Four. He was listening to you all, amen, and do everything. And I, I, I got so tickled at him. Pre uh, Ted, every time, whole time I was preaching, he'd just sit over and go, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> but what's happening? He's learning that it's okay. He's learning that in this place, there is a praise. There is a, does he understand it? No. Does Lily understand it? No. Does these kids understand yet? No. But I'll tell you what happens is right back there right now, maybe right about now, I don't know, Dee will turn all the lights off and she'll put on some funky music and she'll put on lights that's blinking everywhere and they have what they call a dance party. It's a praise party. 
and they let them praise. And do they understand it? No. Do they run around and karate chop and kick? And you know they do. But what she's teaching them is in the house of God. When we praise, it doesn't matter what we look like. doesn't matter what we sound like. We're going to make one sound. We're going to make one voice. We're going to lift everything up. Because when we do, we stir God. It ushers the presence of God to begin to move in our lives. Oh, Glory. The choir and the trumpets made one voice of praise and thanks to God. The orchestra and the choir in perfect harmony singing and playing praise to God. But I can't sing. Have you ever noticed you put a, somebody who can't sing a lick? Y'all understand that phrase, right? All right. Can't sing a lick, but you put them in a choir and it's still a beautiful sound. See, because when all the voices raise at once, when all the sound comes at one time, there is a harmony, there is a symphony of sound that comes forward. And if we would just do that in the middle of praise, in the middle of worship, doesn't matter if you can sing, doesn't matter if you just scream it at the top of your lungs, there should be an expression of praise that comes out of us. I'm not that way, this isn't about you. It's about him. It's always been about him. We've made worship and praise more about the songs we like rather than the person we're singing about. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. Perfect harmony singing and playing praise to God. And what were they saying? Yes, God is good. And his loyal love goes on forever. If you can't say anything else, you can say yes, God is good and his loyal love goes on forever. If you're out of words, you can say God is good and his loyal love goes on forever. Oh, oh man. Well, you know, I don't know if I want to be part of that kind of church. You don't want to go to heaven. You in trouble. They're not gonna section us off by the loud crazies and the quiet dignifieds. It don't work that way. We're all children of God. We're all gonna get there together. Now look what happened. They, they cried out, yes, God is good and his loyal love goes on forever. And then when the 120 are blowing the trumpets, when the choir is singing and the musicians are playing and an orchestra is falling and they're making one sound, God is good and his loyal love goes on forever, then a billowing cloud. The Shekinah glory of God. <laughs> a billowing cloud began to fill the temple of God. When did the glory of God come? When the people were singing with one voice, when the musicians were playing, when the singers were singing, and the dancers were dancing, and the trumpeters were trumpeting, and then a cloud filled up the place. Well, that was in the Bible, that's right now. If we would begin to worship with this one voice, now look what happens when the glory of God fell this heavily 
I was preaching in a church in West Virginia one day <clears throat> and we were in the middle of, of, of preaching and we was in the middle of ministering. And some of you have heard me tell this story before. When all of a sudden the back door of the church comes in, busts open. And this person, this girl runs in and she said, there is a cloud that's setting over top of this whole building. It's no, not another cloud, not another, it's just over this building. Folks, this is not some weird, strange thing. This is natural Christianity. Well, I just don't act like that. Well, that's okay. Thank you, Brent. I didn't have to say it. I'll let Brent over there say it so this Brent over here don't have to. <laughs> he said a billowing cloud filled the whole temple and then the priests, go ahead, Bob. He said, and then, verse 14, the priest couldn't even carry out their duties because of the cloud. King James Version says that the priest couldn't even stand to minister. That God's glory was so thick, was so heavy that those who were supposed to be ministering to the people couldn't minister to the people anymore because they were wrapped up in this cloud. When's the last time that we fell into a place of oneness in our praise, oneness in our worship, where the glory of God fell on us so deeply that these guys couldn't do a blessed thing? They couldn't sing, they couldn't beat a drum, they couldn't pick a guitar or bow a violin. Do you bow a violin? What do you do? All right. Not as dumb as I look. When they just couldn't do it because the glory of God is so thick and heavy. Let me finish verse 14. He said, the priests couldn't even carry out their duties because of the cloud. The glory of the Lord that filled that temple. Folks, let me talk to praise team now and praise team later because I believe there's more people in here that, that, that can be part of a praise team, okay? We can't come up here with different agendas. We can't come up here thinking about our job, our kids, our families, lunch, When we come together, praisers, praise team, it should be one mind, one accord, one thought to bring one sound so that the people who we minister to, only thing they hear, doesn't matter about the words that pop up on the screen, the only thing they hear is our God is good and his loyal love goes on forever. That all of it sounds the same. But now that doesn't let you guys out here off the hook either. Because you're not going to a concert. You want to go to a concert? Go see Mercy Me. Fantastic. A friend of mine just went and saw for King Country last night. So. But see, what's the congregation's job? It's your job to join in. They're not praising for you. Try this over here. They're not praising for you. 
They're praising God and it's your job to join in because we're gonna make one sound. The congregation makes one sound too. It's the same sound that's coming from there. So it's not their job. You can get off that one if you want to, Bob. It's not their job to praise for you. And remember, like we looked at last week, praise is warfare. So if you've went through hell this past week, you could have fought back today. If you, <laughs> if you went through all this other stuff, you could have fought back today. Because what we're doing, we're setting a stage. We see, we wanna think warfare is just getting there and I'm gonna beat the devil up and I'm gonna scream at him and I'm gonna do it. No, it's about praise because as we looked at the scripture last week, praise is a weapon. And praise ushers in that presence. You are praise-filled warriors. And so when God's presence is the only thing that matters to us, see that day in the temple, it's the only thing that mattered. They were dedicating a brand new temple. And the only thing they cared about was worshiping God. The priests got themselves ready. They didn't have who's, who's in charge. They didn't have, uh, it didn't matter about their rank or the oldest preacher or the priest. or the, you know, All they did was say, let's get it. Imagine if we just come together and said, let's get it. And folks, let me tell you, this type of praise has nothing to do with somebody preaches or not. Well, I hope the power of God moves and nobody can even preach. Well, if nobody can preach it, that's like going to a restaurant and drinking a good drink and getting up and leaving and calling yourself full. There's no food. Come on. Why do you think the Bible is called the word, the bread of life? It should be eaten. <laughs> well, what if we praise for two or three hours? Okay, that still doesn't mean that whoever's preaching ain't gonna preach. I got stuff to do. That's our problem. Amen. Come on. We've always got stuff to do. But we're talking about setting in a time where it's just me and God. Holy Spirit said to D one time, he said, praise is the proof of your faith. See, if I said that, she would get mad if I didn't give her credit. <laughs> but it is so true. She was doing a message on worship and, and, and the Holy Spirit said, praise is the proof. If you really believe me, you're gonna praise me like I've already done it. You're, you're gonna praise me like this thing is complete. And my question is, where are the people who are gonna forget about their life? Where are the people who's gonna forget the things that's going on in this earth realm? And when we come together as a corporate church, not individual churches, because you're the church, but when we come together as a corporate church that we forget everything else on this planet except Him. My goodness, you, we'll blow the windows out of this place. And we don't have 120. Go to Second Chronicles. Just go over a couple chapters. Praise is the verbalization of your faith. 
To give God thanks after he's already provided for you is gratitude. That's not praise and that's not faith. That's gratitude. But when we come together and we forget the cares that we've already put in his hand, we're going to cover this more in a minute. And where he is focused, then we're entering into praise. Look what happened here, ushering in the presence of God. As Solomon finished praying, fire flashed down from heaven and burned up the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Now here we are again. This is not the same instance. So that tells you how often the glory of God showed up to them. Oh, come on. Well, I've got Christ in me as the hope of glory. So does that mean he can't do anything outside of you? I remember when he told Joel, when, 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 when the Holy Spirit fell in, on the day of Pentecost, he said, and this, and, and, and this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. Your sons and daughters will dream dreams, visions, prophesy. And then he told him, he said, pray for signs and wonders in the heavens. That's outside of them. You know why we're praying for signs and wonders in the heavens? Because they can't be faked. When we start seeing clouds rest over certain particular places just because you're there. People, remember Pigpen? I don't know why Pigpen just went through my head. He always had a cloud over his head. <laughs> Was it pig, or a dust cloud around him, yeah. Always had that dust cloud around him. That's, that's where God wants you to be. And that's how praise does us. Praise takes us into that glory and that cloud follows us. It led the children of Israel every day. And then it turned into a fire at night. Don't tell me that wasn't a showing of the Holy Spirit, its purpose in the New Testament church. The Holy Spirit's purpose was to fall on us. He fell like fire on the day of Pentecost. <laughs> okay. He said, and, and, and the, the, power, the glory of the Lord filled the temple. This time the priest couldn't even get in. When's the last time we come to church so ready and we done prayed everything down and we done worshiped God so much before we ever get here that God's presence was so strong that we just dared not enter the door? I ain't going in there. That's immediate rapture. He said, now God's glory came down. One man prayed. One man. Solomon prayed, the king had prayed they had offered sacrifices and the power of God fell so that the priest couldn't even enter. And all the people who had been watching, now they fell flat on the pavement and worshiped. It's okay to have a parking lot worship session. <laughs> and thank the Lord. He is, how good he is. He is always loving and kind. See, that's what their worship began to say. His good and his loyal love goes on forever. How good he is, he is always, always, always so loving and kind. I wanna leave you with a couple more things. The next thing I believe that praise will do for us corporately is it breaks burdens off of people's lives and not just your own. Your praise can absolutely break burdens 
off of other people. So why in the world would you ever hold your praise back? <laughs> if you knew you could get somebody out of addiction, would you do it? If you knew you could save somebody from being harmed, would you do it? If you knew that to do this was the, so easy that all you had to do was open your mouth. This is what praise does. It breaks burdens, not just off your own life because it shows your faith. It breaks burdens off others' lives. Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah 61, I'm gonna leave you with two scriptures, I believe. Who glory. The word burden is that which is born with labor or difficulty. That which is grievous and wearisome or oppressive. Sounds like a lot of people we know, don't it? It means to load up on somebody. It means to lay things on them or to put a heavy load on somebody. It means to encumber them with weight and weigh them down. It means to oppress with anything that's grievous. But look what the Lord says in Isaiah 61. The mighty spirit of the Lord Yahweh is wrapped around me. Worship clothes. Worship clothes. This is the Passion Translation. The mighty spirit of the Lord Yahweh is wrapped around me because Yahweh has anointed me as a messenger to preach the good news to the poor. Now we know this is a messianic verse. We know that this is a verse of prophecy, but the word tells us in the New Testament that as he is, so are we. Uh, so guess where that puts you according to this verse? The mighty spirit of the Lord Yahweh is wrapped around me because Yahweh has anointed me as a messenger to preach the good news to the poor. He sent me to heal the wounds of the brokenhearted and to tell the captives, not you're gonna be free, you are free. Not you can be free, he is already free because who the Son sets free is free indeed. Oh, glory. Mm. You are free. And to tell the prisoners, be free from your darkness. I am sent to announce a new season of Yahweh's grace and a time of God's recompense on his enemies to comfort all who are in sorrow, to strengthen those who are crushed in despair or mourn in Zion, that's us to give them a beautiful bouquet in the place of ashes, the oil of bliss instead of tears. Now get this one, the mantle of joyous praise instead, there, there he goes wrapping us up in praise again. The mantle of joyous praise instead of a spirit, oh, of heaviness. God wants to want you to be wrapped in praise. Joyous praise, not heavy, not burden, not gloom. No wonder people don't want to follow us. I wouldn't follow us either. Because of this, they will know the mighty oaks of righteousness planted by Yahweh as a living 
display of his glory. Folks, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, you don't have to carry a burden anymore. Praise will break it off. You don't have to have that old heavy feeling anymore. Praise will break it off. But what do I have to do? I'm glad you asked. We're going to close. We're going to skip some of this stuff. Paul and Silas had been arrested. They had been beaten with rods. Now, not whips. They took wooden rods and beat these two fellows. They turned around and looked at the jailer and said, if they escape, we'll kill you. So taking no chances, he put them in the middle of the prison, in the deepest part. He put their feet in stockades and put chains on them. Pick it up in Acts chapter 16, verse 20. No, Acts 16, yeah, verse 25. And Paulus, Paulus, that's what you get when you mix Paul and Silas together, it comes out Paulus. <laughs> and Paul and Silas were what? Undaunted. They didn't care. They didn't, it didn't matter to them what their week had been like, what their day had been like. They found an opportunity to get together and to do something they'd wanted to do. Folks, I'm here to tell you this is the same place that you may feel like your whole life's a prison. You may feel like everything you've been done is a prison, but this is a time to get together. And Paul and Silas were undaunted and prayed in the middle of the night. And what else? I'm just gonna pray about it. I'm just gonna pray about it. I'm gonna pray about it. They didn't pray, just pray about it. We're gonna pray until something happens. Push. How about we praise? Because with Paul and Silas being beaten and thrown into the deepest, darkest prison, stocked, locked, and, and chained, they not only began to pray, but they sang praises. So they began to sing songs of praise to God. In the middle of chains, in the middle of bondage, in the middle of being beaten, they still found it inside of themselves that God was still so big, so great, so awesome, so lovely, so gracious, so glorious. That they said, you know what? We're together, let's just praise. And so they began to sing songs of praise to God. And while all the others, prisoners, listened to their worship. Now, what are we talking about? We're talking about praise breaks burdens, not just yours, but others. Folks, I'm here to tell you right now, you can go around and you can mumble and grum and complain and blah, blah. Am I the only one that's ever been around that person? They're going to complain. I try not to get around that person, Ted. <laughs> oh, come on. Because let me tell you something. There's somebody listening for your worship. They'll either listen to how great your God is or they'll listen to how bad you think your God's letting you down. Well, I would never tell people God's letting me down. Do you know how awful it is 
Do you know the junk I'm going through? Do you know how bad my life is? Do you know how awful it is, what they're doing? They're saying, well, if that's the shepherd and that's the sheep, I don't want that shepherd because he don't know how to take care of that sheep. Who wants to follow a shepherd when he rolls into town and his sheep are scrawny and skinny and broke and sick and, and they look like they haven't been sheared and they're nothing but big, giant, matted messes? They're, they're listening to your worship, but they're listening to your complaints about how, good, how God doesn't take care of you too. Okay, moving on. He says, and while all the others... Prisoners listened to their worship suddenly. An earthquake didn't come when they prayed. This time it came when they prayed and praised. When they began to worship, suddenly an earthquake came and shook the foundations. See, when you tear something up from the foundations, that means it's not gonna be built on again. Ah, maybe the foundations of what's been holding you back is waiting for you to quit praying and add some praise. And what if just you praising God began to shake the very thing that's been holding you back? Begin to shake your bank account. Begin to shake your body. Begin to shake the legal stuff you're facing. Begin to shake your family problems. Begin to shake your marriage. What if you just opening your mouth and beginning to praise instead of complain about the prison you're in would begin to change the circumstance? There's an earthquake waiting, but it's waiting on your praise. There's an earthquake waiting, but it's waiting on your praise. Oh, He said in an earthquake, 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 a great earthquake shook the foundations of the prison and all at once, every prison door flung open. See, your praise will set others free. Well, that was for Paul and Silas. So God's a respecter of persons now. He did it for them, he'll do it for you. Now it gets better. He said every prison door, in other words, every prisoner that was locked in with them all of a sudden had the same opportunity to be free as they did if they took the opportunity to do something with the door. Now, he said, and, and, and the chains of what all the prisoners came loose. Two men decided to praise God and it freed a whole prison. Ooh. Imagine what would happen to Cambridge if we came in here with one sound, one mind, one heart. And all of a sudden, people started finding themselves free. They, all they were doing was sitting, listening, and scratching their head and looking at us like we were the craziest people that ever stepped upright and walked out of the ooze of whatever. <laughs> Come on. One man's, two men's praise. All the chains came off. Go ahead to the next one there, Bob. 
So the jailer startled, the jailer awoke and saw every cell. Now remember what happened to the jailer. If they escape, you're dead. Startled, the jailer awoke and saw every cell door standing open and assuming all the prisoners had escaped, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself. There are people who are awakened and startled by your worship, but it'll still awake them. It gets better. And when Paul shouted in the darkness, stop, don't hurt yourself. We're still here. The jailer called for a light and when he saw that they were all still in their cells, he rushed and fell to their feet trembling and look what praise did. Then he, he, uh, the jailer took a light and he saw they were still, he rushed in and fell at their feet trembling. He led Paul and Silas outside and he asked, what must I do? to be saved. Maybe the only thing that's causing someone not to receive this great salvation that's already bought, already paid for, already done. Maybe the only thing is they're waiting to see how you're gonna respond to God in the middle of the dark, in the middle of a prison. And they see, they see a praise come up out of you and all of a sudden they run to you and say, I need what you've got. I need what you have. Show me how to get the very thing that when all hell is broke loose in your life, you still find it able to stand and praise and worship. And you have now set every prisoner free of their bond and of their chains. And look what Paul says, it still gets better. And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. You and your whole family. <laughs> what if your whole family is just waiting on your praise? What if your whole family is just waiting to see how you respond in the dark? What if everyone around you is just waiting to see how you do when the chips are down? And they say, well, what are you doing? And you say, I'm going down here on the street corner with a sign in my hand. And I'm gonna praise. Or you say, you know what? I'm gonna go tell people how good God is because I'm gonna sing everywhere. I'll just tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to church where I can get with a whole bunch of other people and we're going to make one sound, one noise, one voice to God and we declare that the glory of God will fall in a place so heavily that we can't stand it, we can't get in it, and we don't know what else to do with it. Because praise not only is a weapon, praise brings God's presence out. And praise breaks the burdens off of other people's life. So what are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? Imagine evangelism that looked like that. Let's just praise God for how good he is. Let's just worship for how great he is. I want that. 
I want some of that. Well, every Sunday, we're right here. To, we're here. This is when we're here together. But this is what you do every day. Yes, Worship is a lifestyle. It's not an event that happens for 35 to an hour, minutes to an hour on a Sunday. It's every day of your life you get up and you declare, God is good, how he is so good. And his loyal love goes on forever and his kindness and lovingness shows no end. And I will lift my voice and declare, how great is our God. Glory, amen. amen. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. We thank you that you're a glorious, grand, holy, righteous, magnificent, beautiful, wonderful healer, provider, redeemer, savior, friend, and counselor. You provide clothing and you provide cars and you provide homes and you provide money and you provide friends and you provide family and you provide, you provide, you provide. Oh, we stand in awe of you. And in Jesus' name, we'll come and we'll worship as one, with one voice, whether we know the songs or not. Because <laughs> praise is a weapon. And we are going to see bondages broke off of other people's life because of our praise. And we know that when we praise, we enter into your presence. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. 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 <laughs>